Welcome back. Welcome back. To Pop Pinions. Pop Pinions. Episode nine. Yeah, you're getting more confident with it I now. I know. Nine episodes in. It's because it's my favorite number. Really? Nine, yeah. Oh. You didn't know that? No. What's my, fav- what's my favorite number? Um, 21, 5. 21? I don't know. Yeah, you can call me over. 13. Yeah, you're just saying everything quiet enough that I could just be. You said 21 and then 5 and then something teen. I know Meg's is 6. That's good. And I think Dad's is either 11 or 22. Lisa's is 21. That's great. This is good. Is that why you guessed 21 is because it's Lisa's? <laughs> I was just trying to think of common numbers. 19. There you go. There we go. Steve Eisenman. Yep. I, I did that all by myself. You didn't hint. I didn't hint. No, okay. It, well, it also took you about four or five guesses. Or if, how you would say is five, teen, teen. Well, I just figured if I went in the teen, you would be like, mm, maybe? No, nothing. Nothing 13 through 18. Hmm. Gotcha. Sorry, I was drinking wine. That's okay. We're kind of already off the rails. This is like the weirdest our podcast has probably gotten. We're so weird. That's good. Now we're more comfortable. People will get to know our personalities because we are very And how we just argued for almost a minute about you not knowing my favorite number. Yes. Okay, so episode nine. Episode nine. That's why we were here. Movie challenge. uh, Another I am deep dive. Yes. I'm excited about this one. I didn't tell you mine. I know. And I told you mine. And that's not fair. But you're going to be happy. I The only reason I wanted to is I was like, can you imagine if we both picked the same person? Like, I guess it would be I, fine. Yeah, but those odds are not really. Well, because I feel like you go more for female directors. Damn straight. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't I don't know. Not that I don't. Well, because my favorite female director. Skirta. Huh? Gerda. Greta. Greta, yeah. Gerda. <laughs> but she like I it's I said Gerda. I can honestly can't think of I can't think of anything beyond Lady Bird and uh Little Women. Yeah, because I don't think she's done no. enough to do an IMDB deep dive. No, this this, this one point. this this one took about three quarters of the page. And it's a bunch of stuff for it like most of it is not well known, but I think it just deserves credit because of this person. This is so exciting. Okay, should we do our movie challenge first? Yeah. You always remember who goes first. So who goes I first? I think I go first this Kay. time. So you made me watch The Lion King. The, the newer Lion yes, King. The li- What would you call that? Like, it's not live animated. What is that, though? I don't know, because it is the highest grossing animated film, but it's like realistic animation, I guess. Yeah. It And realistic, it is. I am talking like if there's a breeze of wind you can see it moving in their in their fur and their their ear twitches and they're like it's like they filmed like i would love to know how they did it because it's like they filmed actual animals and then copied it verbatim like it is unbelievable the amount of work that must have gone into that and i mean okay so i know the lion king story so there's nothing new in the actual story right mm-hmm. but it was just nice to see like at one point like when it first started i was like are these actual real animals? Like I wasn't, and I was like, how are they going to do that when they like lift the cub? And then I caught up. Okay? Yeah. So sometimes it takes me a minute. I caught up and I was like, oh, okay. It isn't, it is actually like realistic. There must be a special name for it. We just don't know it. No, nah, I just really bad. When I saw that love movies, I don't know. 
Well, I'm, it's kind of a, I don't want to say first of its kind, because they kind of did like, they did the Jungle Book again, oh, and they're really doing, they're doing that. a second one. Right. Yeah, I'm really, uh, it was really entertaining, and I loved, I loved it. I don't know, it's a hard one, because there's nothing new to really say, because it's still the same story. Yeah, that was going to be my question, because I saw it, but I don't, like, I just don't remember it being different than the original Lion King. Yeah, no, it's not. Besides just the voices. Yeah, voices, so we've got Queen Bee, and we've got Donald Glover, I want to say, and um, um, Darth Vader guy. James Earl Jones. Thanks. <laughs> um, poor guy. He'll always be known as that. Um, anyways, yeah. No, it's, it's. I mean, it's a great story. It's. Yeah. Do you remember the, con- do, I don't know if you remember the quote unquote controversy when they announced the casting. Oh, no. People are upset about, not upset about these people being in it, but because uh, John Oliver is a character. Right. I don't remember what character. Um, Billy Eichner and. He plays, uh, uh, you know, when um, Team. Timon, Timon right? and Pumbaa. Yeah. It's Billy Eichner and Seth yeah. Rogen. Right. So were they upset because they're white? Yeah, probably. Oh, okay. But I mean, or maybe, maybe just because the rest of the film was, or the rest of like the voices were, were black. Yeah. Yeah. Because Africa, I guess maybe they, I got, I don't know, maybe that's but it's, I, it, it was just, I don't know, but. it was just more of a like stick. They kind of like, I remember seeing that picture and it was like Donald Glover and Beyonce. And then it was just Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner, who are both really funny, and I think Timon and Pumbaa is a great is a great roles for them, but they just kind of stuck out like a sore thumb. Right. Well, and I and they are really important to the story yeah. because that's who grows like, he, he grows with, and mm-hmm. they're his friends, and they're unconditional, like you know, friendships. So I think they're very important to the story. But do you know who it's directed by? John Favreau. I when I saw that it blew my mind because I'm like does this guy a does he ever sleep because he's done so many huge like mo- is that who you did no I honestly oh, I, I really I'm dog's gonna bark that's fine um original like once we were talking about it, I'm like I totally should have done John Favreau because there's so much good stuff we could so talk about so many like about just that. on his acting alone and then you have his directing too like He's a really multifaceted guy. And yeah, he was, uh, when I saw that, I, that was probably the most shocking. I was like, come on, does this guy do everything? Like, but then I was thinking like, I wonder what uh, the difference is in a director in a, that kind of like movie, as opposed to with like people. Yeah. Where you have to, I guess maybe direct them. (laughs) Yeah. When it's just animators. So what would you say? Like, this is the scene I want. I feel like it would probably be more, maybe when they were when they like filmed it they had the actors like recording together and maybe he was just sitting in on that okay and he wanted a certain sound a certain like flow to it yeah because well it's it's definitely because this is a not a chicken and egg thing but it's do you animate it first or do you get the voices first yeah i feel like i mean i think just logistically i think you would have to get the voices first but if mm. you did get some kind of rough am- animation first so you could kind of see how the characters move yeah. so then the actors can see what the character like what yeah like uh, if they're running they might want to be a little more out of breath or if they like there must be like still acting involved even if it's a voice like yeah, yeah. or maybe he's like you know if they draw something like hey that's not really i want him jumping on this rock not that rock or yeah sorry Sorry, there's packages being delivered to our house. So we have our guard dog. Yep. Who, I don't know. Maybe they can't hear, though. Yeah, it's pretty like, far should, away. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't point it out. Anyways, 
your movie. I can't wait to hear about this because I gave it to you with, I don't remember it at all, but I do remember, I have a really bad memory, but I do remember liking the movie. So I was like, okay, let's try that one. It does make, it does make sense why you watched it. I watched The Lincoln Lawyer, mm-hmm. Matthew McConaughey drives around in a Lincoln, actually gets driven around, which is actually pretty funny. The dynamic that he has between like he has a driver. Right. And at one point he says like, you know, like when you get your license back, like maybe we can make some deal where like I can still be your driver. And he just goes, I got, I got my license back like three weeks ago. Mm. That's my McConaughey impression. But it was just like, but it was more of just like, just a subtle nod to each other. His license because of DUIs, right? I don't think they say it, but oh, it's, okay. it's so kind of inferred or there is one point where he does drive drunk. Oh yeah. So probably that it made sense. Um, so yeah, Lincoln lawyer, Matthew McConaughey. I don't remember his name. Everyone calls him by his nickname, which is like Mac or Mick or something. Okay. Um, he's a hotshot lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, he has a investigator with him, which is William H. Macy. He has his ex-wife, Marissa Tomei. Love her. Yeah. Um, and then he kind of he's kind of working on cases, and then he gets this case. The guy gives him, oh, this is a slam dunk. You're going to make a lot of money from this. It's a rich kid from a rich family, which is uh, Ryan Philippi. Yeah. Which, as I said it as I was watching, I've seen him in now that movie and Crash, and I haven't seen him since. Wow. Yeah. Like I just I don't I can't think of anything he was in, in terms of the movie, really good, just really well done. McConaughey just kind of carries it the whole time, and yeah. it feels like, besides like dazed and confused, it kind of feels like the most like natural he can be, where right. he doesn't really feel like he's acting. It just seems like if he was a lawyer, that's how he would act. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Ryan Phillippe's it's a fascinating story, and I told you during it that it reminded me of Fracture, right? Because it's very. You find out eventually, again, spoiler alert, this movie is from 2011. If you haven't watched it, um, well, I hadn't watched it, but if you want to watch it, just take a little break. I don't know how long it's going to be, but take a little break. Um, Ryan Phillippe's character you learn throughout could actually be like the criminal and not just a victim of... So his story is uh, he's at a bar, he gets... I don't want to say seduced. A woman slides him a piece of paper or a napkin with like her name and address. She is an escort, a, a prostitute. Just say because yeah. they say it in court. And she's that's, a working lady. She's a working lady. <laughs> um, they go or he goes to her place. There's some kind of struggle. He says he just gets hit in the head with a bottle. She says he attacks her. Her her face is damaged, and. It's basically McConaughey's job to figure out what really happened. But he's for Ryan Phillippe? Is yeah, he trying he's, to get him? He's a- he, he is a defense attorney. Okay. But during the movie, he finds out that, funny enough, so they said it at the beginning that Phillippe's character asked for, like, McConaughey's character specifically to right. be his lawyer. And then you find out it's because McConaughey represented another person which is michael pena which i wrote down he has a great performance where he's in a similar situation where he gets accused of i think it's murder and rape okay i think it's both uh this girl obviously is just like aggravated assault and like sexual assault yeah those kind of charges on ryan Phillippe's character Mm -hmm. but um 
so you find out during it that Michael Pena's character, you see him there talking about what they can do. He's like, please, like, just make a deal. Like, I, I don't want to do this. It's horrible. Like, this, I didn't do it. And he's trying, he's being all innocent, which is what Ryan Phillippe's character was the whole time. And kind of during that same point, you kind of figure out, oh, like, Ryan Phillippe's character did both. Like, he, he killed and murdered, or raped and murdered the like first girl right which is michael pena and then it's great because you see michael pena like young and scared and then mcconaughey's character goes back to see him in prison and he's before he's like kind of like messy and scraggly now he's like head shaved and just stoic and just mad and it was just a great turn between two scenes and Mm. obviously a few years in jail and you see this defense attorney who was supposed to be on your side and he just let you down right um, I just remember there being a good twist. Was well because it was Phil. Like you it felt, was him. Yeah, it was right. him. And the whole time he's like, "I'm innocent. I don't know what's there's uh, something he li- He carries a knife on him at all times, which they find in the, I mean, at the crime scene. Mm-hmm. And he lies about he lies about having the knife. He gets confronted and he says, "If you're lying about this, like what else are you lying about?" Right. It's where they put in the seeds of doubt, and then William H Macy, who's the who is like McConaughey's investigator, um, does some more digging, and then McConaughey's character gets a voicemail saying like, "Hey, you told me to look into this guy a little more. Mm-hmm. There's there's def- there's some sketchy stuff in here. He says it's just parking tickets. It's more than that." And he's like, "Oh, someone's at the door. Right. I need to pick it up." And <gasps> yes. then he finds out that his character that he was killed and assumes it's philippi and i said the moment i said it was like fracture was philippi is in mcconaughey's house. house he's like drinking he's like oh it's so crazy what happened to whatever that guy's name like william h macy's yeah. character and that's where he just kind of at that moment he knows he's winning because it's his defense attorney but he also knows that he knows right we know you know you know and and he steals mcconaughey's gun right which he doesn't find out and then the police think he did they think mcconaughey did it this is all working into place we have a few a few really good um uh like courtroom scenes mm-hmm. they bring up someone onto the stand that you later find out mcconaughey's character told him everything that like philippi did so this guy comes up and they out him as like he's a complete snitch. He's been arrested multiple times. He's snitched okay. on inmates all the time. Yeah. So you just think so the whole time you're just like who who's on whose yeah, side? Right. And then they just kind of they question it back and forth. Eventually the case the and I feel about the prosecutor. I don't know who it was, but he did a great job of he was so confident. And then McConaughey just does these things. He pulls these little strings and he has these moments where he discredits the like prostitute girl just completely she's out of the running the prosecution brings in that witness that mcconaughey then like cross Cross, sorry cross examines and just gets completely discredited and then eventually the judge takes it out of the jury's hands and just it's a mistrial so you're like wow like he got away with it twice like what's happening and then as they step out uh he gets like Ryan Phillippe gets arrested again. Oh. And then they just have this, they keep having these moments where they're looking at each other. Like they're just like Philippi and McConaughey right. are just in each other's faces. Yeah. Cause he knows he can't say anything. He's getting his rights read to him as he's just staring at McConaughey. And 
it's just such a back and forth and yeah. it's so well done my only gripe with it what's the ending the is ending that... is just so i don't remember the ending so there's like two not two endings but um the second after the second time philippi gets arrested everyone just assumes they're gonna oh no wait, sorry they, you don't find this out yet I think he's on the phone with Marissa Tomei, who that's kind of a side story, but like they're divorced, but then they kind of like they hook up during the movie. Right. It was something I caught, I saw from like 10, like 10, 15 minutes away. I'm like, oh, they're yeah. definitely going to. They still have something. Yep. Um, as he's on the phone with her, though, with Marissa Tomei, the guy, Ryan Phillippe's mom, who's like not really involved, but. At the beginning, she was like, I just want my son to be okay. And like, I'll do anything for this family. Very like rich family. Yeah. Uh, she is in the house and they start talking. She's like, no, like he's going to get away with it. Not like he's going to get away with this, but everything's going to be fine for like their family. Mm-hmm. Uh, she shoots him. She shoots McConaughey. Wow. He shoots her back because okay. he gets his gun back after Philippi gets arrested. Right. So they shoot each other. She's dead and he's like bleeding out, but gets saved. And then the second end, that's kind of like the first ending, but then Philippi, they don't have enough evidence, so he gets out, um, and he goes to, I think it was Marissa Tomei's like, sister's house, okay. because McConaughey told them to go there just to be safe, and like Philippi pulls up in his nice car, he gets out, McConaughey's sitting there, has his gun out, and Philippi, they have this like back and forth where he's just like, where Philippi has a great moment where he's like... Um, Okay, so you're here right now. You can come back tomorrow and be here every day, every night, because basically just to say, I'll get them at some point. Right, right. And there was an earlier point where uh, a biker gang, like, kind of pulled over McConaughey's car, but it's someone he, like, helps get people in their gang, like, out of prison, like, because he's a defense attorney. They pull up and, um, they, they, like, start shoving Philippi. They pull out baseball bats. And as McConaughey's walking away, he's like, all right, guys, put him in the hospital. I don't want to see him in the morgue. And <laughs> just they just start beating the ever-loving shit out of him. Wow. And again, hospital, not the morgue. Yeah. And that part was fine. It was the mom shooting him and he shoots her right, back was right. a little ridiculous. A little silly. Yeah. But that, if they cut that out and just had the Philippi McConaughey like stare down and then philippi obviously gets what he deserves yeah if they had that i think that would have been the perfect i don't want to say perfect movie but it's definitely in like my upper echelon of movies nice so well, that's good mm-hmm. that's good i don't know i have a an idea for next week mm-hmm. so usually we give each other one and i was thinking what if we watch one that we both have wanted to see but we haven't okay king of staten island yeah we can do that I was just thinking, let's do that and we can chat about it. So, yeah. Yeah, Bill Burr, Pete Davidson. I know. Kind of a lighter-hearted topic I yeah. th- or movie, I assume. Yeah, That's well, fun. we'll see, right? Yeah. Okay, so we'll watch it. It's Thanksgiving coming up, Canada. Eh? Mm. Eh? We're from Canada, eh? Damn, it's really raining outside. I didn't want to comment on it, but it's really just been the like weirdest day of... Yeah, it's crazy because where I work, it was sunny and beautiful all day. And I'm it was not like that, ha- it was like hailing like here half at one an hour point. away and it was sunny for from what I remember I don't sit and stare at a window unfortunately but for the most part it was sunny 
Anyways, well, good. Okay, so we'll do that next week. King of Staten Island, because we've both been wanting to see it for Mm -hmm. quite a few months. So I'm thinking even, I'm not going to say this as an absolute for sure, but maybe we watch two movies and we talk about two of them, because I know Palm Springs was another one. That you wanted me to see? No, that we wanted to see, because the Andy Samberg Groundhog Day, but it's a different twist on it. Yeah, we can do it, and we can say like kind of what made one work or, you know, just what we liked, and yeah, let's do it. All right. We're in. All right. Okay. I am deep. IMDb. Sorry. I am am deep dive. Dive. I am deep dive. Uh, So we're doing directors this week. Yep. So Jack already knows mine. Um, But I, and I don't have you, I don't do, like you do it all fun. I don't. That's your thing. Why? You shouldn't. I know. You should do it how you want to. I know, I know. But I feel like my way is so boring. I'm like, and then she did this, and then she did this. But that's just the way it is. That's the way I'm going to do it. And you have all your fancy little titles. I'm sure you did it this time, too. I did. because there was though. Well, just because there was a a lot to this person, which once I say, you're going to be like, that makes perfect sense that you picked them. Okay. Do you want me to go, though? Yeah, you can go first. Okay. So I chose... Catherine Bigelow. Yay. So she, when I, so what's really fun is, is I love these deep dives because sometimes you just know more current ones, you know, and you're like, oh, like Hurt Locker and whatever. Anyways, it was nice to go in and kind of see. And there was a lot she actually wrote too. So it was like, I learned stuff too, which is really fun. Okay. So she's 68 years old. She has 20 credits to her name. She's won two Oscars. Um, she has 83 wins with other awards. And she's been nominated 63 times. So the first one was um, on the IMDb. It was in 1978 when she was a Columbia student. It was called The Setup. I don't, it was a short, so I couldn't, like, I didn't have access to it. I tried to get some of them, but I, I didn't have access to that. So I don't really know that. And then in 1981, she wrote... Uh, the Loveless, which had William Defoe, and it's about a motorcycle gang that shows up in a small town. Again, I didn't have this, so it's hard to see like the younger or the the newer ones. Um, she also wrote one uh, called Near Dark, so wrote and directed, and it's about a small town farmer's son joining a group of traveling vampires. I did try to find this one because I was so fascinated. Oh, that sounds... Because I really wanted to see this because vampires may, you know, they like a couple, I don't know, however long it goes, you know how bad I am with time, but, you know, when the whole Twilight thing and there was like, you know, like we went through a vampire stage. So I feel like back in like 87, besides The Lost Boys, which is a great movie, by the way, but... Which is probably why a movie like that gets made is because of the success of that movie. Right. Yeah, I should, should have seen one in Lost Boys or... Um, okay, so this one... Oh, no. Okay, so 1990, she directed a movie called Blue Steel. So, and she wrote it, and I went and I watched it. Oh. And it has Jamie Lee Curtis in it, and she plays a female police officer in the NYPD... I was supposed to say NYPD Blue. <laughs> Sorry, in the NYPD. And it's um because it's the 90s, like it's still like women can't do this, you know? And um so, and then Jamie Lee Curtis comes across this, like I think it's like on her first night, she's in a, she's uh, getting donuts and coffee. And then across the street, she sees a burglary of a, of a grocery store and she goes and she stops it and she shoots the guy. Anyways, there's a man in there who becomes obsessed with her and he's a complete psychopath. Like 
to the the most degree of psychopath. Like he goes around killing people. He steals the gun of the guy who was like who was robbing it. And then he goes around and kills people with it. And he's, I think he's, no, he is schizophrenic. Cause I, at one point he's like, stop talking to me. And so he's sick obviously, but he's like obsessed with her. But then nobody believes her because he's this like prominent, like wall street guy. And he's like oh, really okay. well dressed and he's, you know, he can talk him. He knows all the rules of everything. Like he knows she can't just barge in. Like he knows, he knows how to get around the system. So it's like, everyone thinks she's just crazy and she's a female and, you know, so anyways, it was a really good movie considering like, you know, it's the 90s and it still held up pretty well. It was kind of fun to see one of her earlier things. Then in 1991, this one surprised me because I love this movie, but Point Break. And it's the one with Keanu Reeves is an FBI agent. Did I say his name wrong? Keanu. But Ke- yeah, Keanu. you just said it fast. Keanu Reeves. I think he's Canadian, isn't he? He, I think he is, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he plays an FBI agent who goes undercover to catch this gang of surfers that are um, bank robbers, which is Patrick Swayze. And uh, so I was thinking, like, I was like, wow, I loved that movie back in the day. Um, and then I was, he's not. He's not Canadian. Oh, okay. He's from, he's from Lebanon. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know why I thought he was Canadian. That's I think so he does weird. a lot of, he actually haven't seen Toy Story 4, but yeah. he's in that as a Canadian. There you go, eh? Um, uh, and then I was thinking in the, you know, with, with point break, like the surfing shots. And Sorry, stuff. wait, she directs that movie? Yes. Oh, I did not know that. I oh. didn't either. I was so excited. I was like, what? Um, but I was thinking like surfing shots as a direct, like that must be really difficult because mm-hmm. you really have to get that wave and the, you know, and then you have a stand in, I'm sure, cause I'm sure it's not them doing the actual surfing and stuff. So. Some of them probably could. Yes. Um, so I was really surprised by that. So at this point I was like, I love this. I mean, I've always loved her, but you know, going back, it's kind of fun. So then in 1995, she directed a movie called Strange Days and Cameron, sorry, James Cameron wrote it. I could not find this movie anywhere because I wanted to watch it so badly because it has, um, is Ralph finds Rafe. How do you say his name? I think it's Ralph. Is it? I always thought it was like, you said it. Rafe Fiennes, Rafe or something. Anyways, Ralph Fiennes, Angela Bassett, and Juliette Lewis. So I really wanted to find this movie, but I couldn't. So I'm now I'm on a mission that I'm going to find this movie, though. And it's about a, a former cop um, turned street hustler, and he accidentally uncovers a conspiracy in L.A. in 1999. And I think it's based on a true story. Anyways, could not find it, but I really want to see it now. So it's on my like list of, you know, look, look out for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a movie in 2000, The Weight of the Water. I didn't see this movie, but I feel like I read the book, but it was so long ago. Sean Penn, Sarah Polly, Josh Lucas. I remember being slow. I feel like I did see it, but it, again, I have the worst memory. Um, and then we have in 2002, she did the Widowmaker. It was K-19. It was based on a true story about a submarine and it's like a Russian like history thriller and it had Harrison Ford and Liam Neeson. And I know I saw it because dad probably would have liked it, but I don't, I don't really remember. And now we get into where it's like full blown love affair for this woman and her artistry. In 2008, we have The Hurt Locker. Okay, I was wondering, because I saw, I like, looking at your list, and reading it upside down, and I was trying to figure out if she did both of those movies, and now I realize she did do both. 
Yeah. So the Hurt Locker, and we have Jeremy Renner and Anthony Mackie, who's awesome in that movie. And it's about an Iraq war, in the Iraq war. And he is, um, Jeremy Renner's like this new sergeant who arrives and he does like he, um, diffuses bombs. So he goes in with that big thing. What do you call it? Like, it's like a, like it's almost, like it's a, like a hazmat suit, yeah, but, but, but just, for bombs. Yeah. And they all think he's crazy because he just will take it off. Like, and he'll be like, I can't work like this. And he's like diffusing a bomb and takes off everything. And they all think he's crazy and whatever. So what I loved about this movie is her. She's very good at building anticipation. And I like that where I know I remember when it came out, a few people were like, it's a little slow. I I enjoyed that because for me, she built this intensity and you, you really felt like, what was happening like you could feel it and there were shots in that movie that you know if there was like if the ground shook like the way she would shoot it and like the ground would shake and then like little bullets would vibrate and like she just like for me it just the shots are were really extraordinary Mm -hmm. um so she really likes this writer mark bowl i think his name is because he also did zero dark 30 he wrote it she directed it. So they must have like a good little symbiotic relationship there, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so Zero Dark Thirty is the killing and hunting of Osama bin Laden in 2011. Jessica Chastain is so incredible in this movie. Can't, oh, I should look to see if she won an Academy Award. I think she was nominated. You did that. Um, so you have like Joel Egerton, Chris Pratt, Kyle, uh, Kyle Chandler, Jason Clark, like there's some really, it's a really stacked cast and it's a based on a true story, which I kind of tend to like those kind of things, even if they are like dramatized. And it shows her ability to keep you captivated in a story when you in, know the ending, walking into the movie, <laughs> spoiler alert, spoiler alert, he gets killed. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's more of how that group does it and the group, like the and group how they like the, yeah, bond. they're bonded by that. And Jessica Chastain being a female, you know, in that kind of role where she's calling the shots for these men to go in and she's calling, she knows that he's there and no one really believes her. And there she's like, no, I, he is there and they have to kind of take her word. And, um, sorry, in between that, she did do a TV movie called the miraculous year. And it's about a New York family. I haven't seen it. Uh, I tried to find it and I couldn't. And, that's oh oh sorry sorry and then she uh that she has definitely directed a couple of shorts but i haven't uh i didn't see those and then in 2017 so her last movie was called detroit and it was fact based on the 1967 detroit riot uh riots again written by mark ball this guy um so i'm about halfway through that movie and um so far i really like it like it's john boyega's in that movie yes Yes. And he and I like it because there's a black cop, but he's kind of going against his like people. So it's kind of the, you know, what I've gotten from it so far, but I'll definitely finish it. Just, you know, time becomes a bit of a factor, too. When I was trying to like I watched Blue Steel, I watched, you know, like I was like, okay. Um, so I did start it at least. So I've got a gist of it. And so she tends to I find like true stories and she really likes Mark Bowl. Like, I think they have a thing was he a part of detroit too yeah he wrote it Mm -hmm. so yeah the last three movies right they've worked together so nothing since 2017 hopefully she's got something on the horizon 
because I really like her as a director and I think, um, yeah, I really like her. I think she's done some really excellent work and I think uh, a lot of important work too and a lot of like this is like the historical kind of, you know, you got you got entertained but then it's also got some facts behind it. So anyways, it was really fun. I loved deep, like, you know, like as soon – Excuse me. As soon as we said, let's do director, she was like the first one that popped in my head. Well, because she's female too, right? Yeah. You got to support. Got to give them credit. Uh, Jessica Chastain uh, nominated for nominated. Best Actress. Mm. Uh, also, I did not remember her being in The Help. Yeah, she's so good in that. Supporting character. Um, she did win and uh, she did win Best Actress in the Alliance of Women Film Journalists. Oh, okay. Um, for that role for, for Zero Dark Thirty, yeah. Um, she hasn't been around a lot. Like I find lately, she hasn't done Jessica a lot. Chastain? Yeah, I mean, she's in like the Jurassic, the like newer Jurassic movies. Oh, okay, because that's her and Chris Pratt again. Yeah. Uh, no, that's Bryce Dallas. Oh Howard. yeah, that is. Yeah. Uh, they looked at um. You know what she and I, that's why I confused them. She did uh Molly's game. Yeah, that was. That's- while ago i feel like three years ago yeah let's go girl i really like her is this your call out to jessica chastain just as she's listening jc just you know yeah no i because i really find her captivating on the screen i feel like she can really draw me in and i believe whatever she's selling me so Mm -hmm. yeah so that is it for moi okay here Um, we go do you want to do you want to guess? I do, but I hate this because I feel so much pressure. Okay, what okay, kind of what kind of hints do you? I can give you like a few hints about who it is. Okay, tell me if it's male or female. It's male. Okay. Uh, he's not white. He is. I don't want to say where he's from because that'll give it away. Okay. Because there's not that many people from this, or I'm sure there's a lot of people from this country that make films, but he has become a prevalent one more in recent years oh boy am i gonna be able to say his name yeah you oh, could say okay. it. i know well actually we make a like, joke a pronounce. lot we like we make a joke a oh, lot oh i know who it is um oh t- 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 nope t- nope <laughs> you know who it is but this is also why we make the joke yes it is taika watiti taika watiti um and this ah, is he's so good good choice this is okay. a long originally i was gonna pick someone like really mainstream and then i like was looking through directors and i saw him and i'm like well why not he's yeah a, i mean you could go martin scorsese you could go steven spielberg but like you know like we, we all know all, we can, are, we can always know, do Quentin those Tarkino. like we can tarantino do, was the one i thought of i know first. i thought of him too he would have been my like maybe my set or wes anderson that's, like that's i was one, like Ugh. that's one where i think we should we shouldn't just put that in the dot, like put that in the back pocket for maybe in a few weeks. Just do one where we both know we're doing Quentin Tarantino, right. and just really because it's and what just talk about it. What like thirteen? It's not yeah. like a ridiculous yeah. amount yep. of movies. That's mm-hmm. why every time he does a movie, it's like oh, it's this number movie. Right, right. It always makes a big deal about that. Okay, say it one more time. Taika. Taika. Watiti. See, it's his last name. I want it. I feel like I'm dyslexic for some reason with his name. Re- I want to reverse it. I want to say his last name first. Watiti Because it just sounds so fun. Watiti. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Again, I did make, uh, I did make like categories and stuff. Okay. Um, so there's 
one, two, three, four, five. There's five categories. Um, and I, I mean, only four that are like, there's the last one is just what he has upcoming, which Ooh, is actually quite upcoming. a bit. Um, okay, so this is, I called it young career because I didn't really, he's not that old, he's like 45, yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, uh, acting in Scarflies, uh, Snakeskin, and uh, there's also some of the, like, acting and directing is mixed in. I'll more mention, because it's not, most of, if I don't say it's directing, then it's, it's well, obviously it's acting, but he's done a lot more acting work than directing. So yeah, acting in Scarflies, Snakeskin, and I, I already forget. Um, he directed a short that was called A New Way Home. So this this first section is to uh, ninety nine to two thousand two. Okay. Um, in TV, he did the strip, the tribe. Um, oh, sorry, wait. A New Home wasn't a director. His first director role was a short for John and Pogo. Okay. Uh, then he also did more TV revelations and freaky. Okay. These are all pretty short yeah, episode stints. Um, this is 04 to 09. I don't know why I skipped. Oh, 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 03. He just, there was just nothing. Yeah. 04 to 09. I called it one step away, even Ooh, though it's, I like it. Uh, futile attraction, uh, two cars, one night, which was nominated for an Oscar for best live action short. Oh, okay. Uh, Tama Tu. Okay. Uh, what we do in the shadows. Okay. Mm, uh, he was an actor, writer, and directed it. Uh, and that, and then he did his first feature length with, which was Eagle versus Shark. The thing about him also, he a- acts in most of the stuff he directs. And he's so good. He totally should always do that. Uh, then he did from 2007 and 2009. He was a director in only four episodes over those years for Flight of the Concords. Oh, okay. Apparently, that's supposed to be really good, though. I've heard that. Like, it's come up every now and then where I'm like, ooh, I wish I'd watch that. Uh, then we've got Fill Time, which is 2010 to 2016. Okay. Uh, he did Boy. Not like the horror movie boy but it was just called boy oh, okay um he also was on i don't want to say it's it was kind of like a sketch comedy show it was called roddy roddy Ra. okay um then he acted in green lantern the yes. ryan reynolds yes uh he also did super city okay uh the in-betweeners the captain and then isn't the captain Tom Hanks? Uh, no, it's Captain boat? Phillips. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I thought that too when I clicked on it. Um, and then uh, what he did, what we did in the shadows was, I think it was originally a movie and then they turned it into a show, which okay. he was still a part of. I think he was more of like a producer, but still a part of it. Uh, he did Hunt for the Wilder People. Okay. And then this is where uh his marvel run kind of starts okay so he does a short like a short mockumentary that was called team thor okay where it's just uh like chris hemsworth and mark ruffalo and i think they're just complaining about tony stark i think that's really all it was fun okay uh he did the doctor strange mid-credit scene (laughs) that's fun 
And he also, this is this to me was the most interesting part of just diving in. He wrote the original screenplay to Moana. Oh, get out. Oh, it's Moana. Um, he wrote that and then they just artistically wanted to go with it differently. I think he was still a part of it in some way, but not okay. as much. Right. Um, all right. This is now mainstream. This is 2017 to 2020. Okay. Uh, does Wellington Paranormal. I wrote what we do in the shadows again. I don't remember why. There's <laughs> just a lot of that because it, it kind of, I think it also became a video game. Oh, okay. Um, they did Team Thor 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also there was a character in that named Daryl, which he then created uh, Team Daryl. All just like short mockumentaries. Yep. Um, he acted in Seven Stages to Achieve Eternal Bliss. Oh, do I know that one? Hmm. Uh, and Shrimp. Shrimp. And then we have some. Then we have the heavy hitters. Hit me with the heavy hitters. Thor Ragnarok. Yes. The best Thor movie. And as you love that one. I do. I could watch it once a week. It's just so. And he does. And he's uh, Korg, who's one of like the main characters. He's like, hey man, hey, man. we're starting a revolution. <laughs> Want to join? <laughs> That's so good. Um, he's in Avengers Endgame. Right. Because Thor goes off and becomes Fat Thor. And yes. Korg is playing Fortnite and is getting beaten by Noob Master 69, in which Thor has to yell at him and say, yeah, it's the God of Thunder. Um, I'm going to come and strike your house down or something. He threatens him. So he's in that a little bit. Um, he's in The Mandalorian. He plays. Yes. Yeah, oh, like know. the TV show. Yeah. What do you think the Mandalorian was? I don't know. The TV show, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Uh, direct. I think I watched one episode, didn't I? He like kind of. Didn't you watch like the prison one? I'm not sure. That might have been the. It one. wasn't because I didn't like it. Everyone, it's just like it's you always just a haven't. Ti- it's should, a time thing for me too, right? You just have to watch it. That's yeah. that's honestly my movie challenge, even though it's a TV show. And it's like how many episodes? Eight. Isn't the new season coming out soon though? Yes. So there's... if I have to watch it before and then I can watch it with you guys. Mm, okay. that, that was my reasoning for it. Not just like you have to watch it. No, right. It's just, I think you will really enjoy it because it's. Oh, I know I will. It's just always like. And you know who created it? John Favreau. Yeah. Shocking. The man of many, many talents. I'm definitely going to one. another one of the times we do this, I'm definitely going through John Favreau. For sure. He's awesome. Um. So yeah, he directs. I don't remember which episode he directed, but all of those episodes were so good that it really doesn't matter. Almost like, because Game of Thrones did that at the end. Like, they had, like, Miguel Sapochnik, and they kind of mixed and matched people. Yeah. I only remember Miguel Sapochnik because he did, like, the Battle of the Bastards. Like, mm-hmm. he's, he did, like, the big ones. The big ones, yeah. Um. So, yeah, he directed one episode of The Mandalorian, and he was, a, like, robot character. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have, actually, I'll... He was in an episode of Rick and Morty, like not not a lot of one. But once I went back and watched the episode, I'm like, wow, how did I not know it was right. him? Just because it never clued into me that it would be. Uh, and I think the most successful thing that he has done, which is Jojo Rabbit. Love Jojo Rabbit. I think I'm going to just turn it off. Yeah, I don't like it there. Okay. Jojo Rabbit, which Jojo Rabbit, I would say, didn't I say that I would have picked that as the best movie when we did the Oscar re Oscars? We didn't, we didn't do it for that year. Jojo Rabbit was like this year. 
No, but I feel like we've had this conversation where I was like, oh, like I would... on this, like recording or just between uh, us, maybe just between us. I think we it... do talk like this a lot. Yeah. So that's why we started this just so we can yeah. have proof of these conversations. <laughs> exactly. But for sure, Jojo Rabbit was definitely out of the because I didn't watch every movie, but out of the ones I watched, it was just the best cinematic experience. It was the best. It was amazing. Just this kid. I and mean, and it's just the concept of it. If you explain it to people, it's like, oh, yeah, there's this little kid and he just loves Nazis and Hitler during that time, of yes, course. Yes. And there's this Jewish girl that's like living in his walls and his best friend's Hitler, even though he doesn't. It's funny that he doesn't know anything about Hitler yeah. because there's a part where he's like eating meat and Hitler was a vegetarian. Right. And he's smoking and Hitler was against that. It's yeah. just all these things where it's just this kid has no idea. Right. It's his like imaginary friend, but his imaginary friend is Hitler, who is Taika Waititi, who I'm does sorry. a great job. He's and even, so good. He's so, so good. And especially for a, playing a character like Hitler and he just it's hilarious doing it. Yeah. And even at the end, obviously, spoiler alert, if you didn't pay attention to the Second World War, Hitler dies. <laughs> um, and like, like Taika Waititi comes back as Hitler that has shot himself, like yeah. with bullet holes in his head, I think. Mm, bullet holes somewhere. Yeah. But it's just, it's so well done. And obviously, Sam Rockwell is really good in that too. Sammy and Rebel Wilson. She, I know she's only in for like three scenes. Oh, yeah. She's really not in funny. it much. Yeah. But she's fair. in it with Sam Rockwell most of the time. Like yeah. whenever Sam's on screen, she's usually there too. Mm-hmm. But Sam's really good. And Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson, I have to say. Okay, listen. I'm not always like, I, I don't like, we've always said we don't want to be mean on the podcast. So it's not like I want to be mean, but she's never been one of my favorites. It's not like I disliked her. She just isn't one of my favorites. But I have to say... In recent this year, I've really become a fan. And I think it's because of the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. I think she's really good in them and Jojo Rabbit. And it really, beginning of the year, all of a sudden I was like, I think I'm a Scarlett Johansson fan now. <laughs> like before I was like, yeah, she's okay. I think it's because everybody always focused so much on our looks when I was growing up. Like everyone, that's all we ever talked about that I, I just, it gets annoying after a while, which is such a shame because she actually is very, very talented. Like the scene where she's in with her son and she's like, oh, you want your dad? And then she puts on the, 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 um, coal from the oh, fireplace to, to make like, like make a, a, beard. a beard and she starts acting like her, like her husband, but the kid's dad or whatever. And like that scene is amazing and she's she is so good she's I was gonna really say good. my th- my thing for her once i was like oh she's more like she has more depth to her because most of my experience with her was those marvel movies was in oh it had to have been, well it had to have been an end game once they they tried to fix it but it didn't work like once thor like kills yeah. thanos and she's back and she's just like has a meeting virtual meeting with everyone and then she stops and she's just like so sad and distraught. And then Captain America comes in and she's just like, she's crying. She's having this like not mental breakdown, but she's just like, this is so hard to do this. And then she just quickly, quickly switches because it's her friend and goes, if you tell me any of that stuff from the therapy session you've been running, I'm going to throw a peanut butter sandwich at you. <laughs> right. And it just, it just showed the range of just a moment where people like that's, that to me was just like, that's a real life thing. It doesn't matter yeah. how sad you are. Yeah. You could get mad at a best friend like fake mad at a best friend yes but no she definitely has has won me over this year i'm a a fan and in saying that i listened to sophia coppola on dax's podcast well this week i'm a little bit behind 
and Lost in Translation, mm-hmm. they talked about obviously a lot. And either I haven't seen it or I really don't remember it. Isn't that the one with Bill Murray? Yes. So that is my on um, my goal for this weekend is to watch rewatch or watch. I'm not sure if I've seen it, but them talking about it made me. And now that I'm a Scarlet fan, I'm like I'm gonna watch that this weekend. Yeah, my own little challenge. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's that's all our categories now. We just got upcoming. Upcoming. And it's actually, it's quite a bit. So I don't want to say the smaller things. There's They're doing, uh, Jason Reitman. Is, oh, I love him. Is doing, uh, it just said, home movie, The Princess Bride. Oh, okay. And I think it's post-production now, but. That's as, fascinating. I love him. I think he's such a good. He did Up in the Air with George Clooney. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see oh, that yeah, movie? Yeah. Love that movie. And his sister, sorry, his okay. sister does a TV show that shot here in Toronto called Working Moms, which your oh, dad yeah. and you I guys got. Love that. We got so into it. I thought it was just going to be something I would watch because I think dad was the one that's like, oh, we should try the show. Somebody told me about it. Or like we should get like now that we have all this time at the beginning yeah. of the year, we had lots of time. So he was like, let's watch the show. It's kind of been always been on our radar. It is so good. And she's the writer. And I'm like, this little Reitman family. <laughs> They're geniuses. Anyways, Keiko, sorry. That's okay. Sidetrack. That's a good. That's a good tangent. Um, uh, I'm trying to not to do like the smaller stuff. Um, there's Free Guy, which I didn't. There wasn't really much information on. Uh, there's Next Goal Wins, which is about like a New Zealand soccer team, hmm. which okay. was a documentary that they're like making into a like a movie. Yeah. Fun. Um. Uh, the Suicide Squad, which. Um, they did, but they're redoing it with, isn't that like fairly new that movie? Uh, yeah, it's like a few years old, but they're redoing it. It didn't do very well. Uh, Margot Robbie and Jared Leto. Oh, okay. Uh, Jared Leto isn't in it, but Margot Robbie's bad. They like recasted it besides like a couple of the characters. Interesting. Um, and it's directed before, I can't remember who it's directed by, but this time it's, uh, James Gunn who did, um, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Oh, okay. Great. Um, now, uh, also the redoing Flash Gordon. Oh, okay. He's a part of in some form. Uh, then we have the three, I'd say the three biggest ones and I don't know what order to put them in. Um, I think the, I'll start with the one that like is not that surprising so the next thor movie he's directing nice. for love and thunder which they're bringing back natalie portman i know i'm so happy about that i loved the first one with her in it you didn't like it oh no the first one yeah, yeah. i thought you meant the second one is the one that's... no the first one i loved with her in it mm-hmm. like i watched that when it actually came out and you know and how just, i had this and superhero just... like it really didn't and... i did and then now i went down of the whole rabbit hole pandemic you got to find the positives that'll be on my positive list of positive pandemic thing that you jumped so far into the marvel cinematic universe that you texted me in the middle of the day oh my god is gwyneth paltrow gonna die in iron man 3 i know because i knew somebody big died i just didn't know who like i had heard rumors and stuff i just didn't know who so iron man 3 no no i just knew somebody like you know in the marvel world oh yeah yeah so i was like it's gonna be her okay go ahead um then we have i guess this one should be it's an unnamed star wars project wow that comes out in i think 2024 2025 oh, i'm gonna have to like 
I mean, these things are all being pushed like years, right? Yeah. Although Marvel is going to have a pretty big year next year. Well, and Black Widow too. She comes. I think that comes she, out. She comes out. She comes out May. And well, yeah, because Florence Pugh and Rachel Vice and David Harbour. Yes. That's a good. That's a good. So excited. Um. What else? Did, uh. You still when we're done this, I'm gonna show you the Wandavision trailer. Okay. It's really. Yeah, I think you're really. You think I'm gonna be into it? Well, because it's gonna it's set it's gonna set up because it's a it's a show, but it's part of the cinematic universe. If that okay. makes sense. Yeah. And it's gonna set up for the next Doctor Strange movie. Oh, okay. Love Doctor Strange movies. Visually very appealing. Okay. Uh, and then the last one, which he's not directing, but um, there's a new Marvel series that comes out next year that's called What If. Oh. And it's an animated, uh, it's an animated show that kind of answers questions one of the episodes which not that it's sad to bring up but chadwick boseman had already done his recording oh, his voice right. work for it and it was what if um like t'challa the black panther was star lord from uh guardians of the galaxy oh, okay. so they have so taika Waititi's credit is korg mm. is voicing in one of those episodes so i think right. it's a 10 episode show that comes out next year and they've already renewed it for a second season oh my god i love when they do that you just know it has to be a big it has well, to be a big deal they know everyone's gonna love especially because it's gonna be i they've showed they've showed like screenshots of a trailer but i don't i haven't seen an actual trailer but it's kind of it's it answers like yeah what if t'challa is star lord right. or what if captain america so was it's like this. every episode is just that one what if question yeah. and then they answer so then it, it and then they move on to a different one yeah so oh, it's like ten, that's so ten, fascinating. 10 unconnected episodes i love that that's really fun because then you don't have to you know you don't have to watch episode one to watch episode, you know like not that you would skip around but it's just kind of nice i like that it's just answered i think it'd be like rewatch it'd be like if you're rewatching it and you're like ooh, i like this is my favorite episode and it's episode four yeah then you can just be like there i can just throw that one on but mm-hmm. wow that's really fun i love upcoming that's one of my favorite things when you do the imdbs and you look at people and then you see kind of what they're working on and just because then you you're like excited about what's coming up right mm-hmm that was good. That was really fun. Yeah. Uh, got, Back, yeah. got anything else? I got nothing else. All right. Well, then let's go Just watch. Empty glass of wine. No. No, not empty. Almost. Let's go watch the, I'll show you the WandaVision trailer. Okay. We could talk about that next week. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, we're going to answer some questions next week. We okay. have a little thing, a little quizzy thing next week. Don't laugh. Yeah. Okay. All right. Bye.